0: What is up you guys? Welcome back to episode two of the looking Here College Sports Show, where we pretty much say everything that you wish those announcers would. Cue it. Come on, this has been another radio clash. This has been another radio clash. This has been another radio clash. Anything to get it cause they know they want us so bad. Keep it calm, keep it, keep it, keep it calm, keep it calm, keep it calm, so do heavens it lick. Keep it, keep it calm, keep it, keep it calm, keep it calm, keep it, keep it calm, calm, so you hear it to make now. I've been promising a big show. I've been talking. I've been talking about shit out there. I have been. So my goal this week is to give you guys a big show. I'm here to deliver. I'm actually going to be joined today by my nephew at Marco Injury Three Two, and you can check him out on his podcast, which is
1: uh, the N One Podcast.
0: And you can catch that for all your basketball needs. He's got a really good segment segment on uh, the wage gap for the WNBA
1: versus the NBA, and Brittany Griner versus Demarcus Cousins. Um, yeah, so Brittany Griner, uh, there's been a lot of stir lately in the WNBA about the whole uh, average salary and uh, a lot of NBA players getting increased salaries in the recent years. Um, Brittany Griner, who could definitely classify as a man, uh, came out <laughs> and said that she could beat DeMarcus Cousins in a one-on-one. Um, so not only that, but like I said, there's just been a stir about the whole uh, contracts and how much money they're making. The average NBA um, salary is six point two million dollars, and the league minimum is actually two point four million. So uh,
0: even if you suck, even if you're, I mean, I don't know how many people they keep on the roster in but you you hardly play. You you know you'll play some garbage time. You know if you play a team that sucks, your your minimum is what two? The least
1: you can make is two point four million dollars. You- that is if you are on an NBA roster. Now there's minor leagues like the uh, the Gatorade League where you can you can barely make any money, but. But if you're on an the NBA league, roster... That's
0: the G League. It's right now. now
1: the Gatorade League. The G, yeah. but no, but they, it, was, it used to be the Development
0: League, right? Yeah, right. it was the G right. League, that's the G League.
1: Right, right. So, uh, yeah, if you're on an NBA roster, the least you can make is $2.4 million. And uh, WNBA, last year, the average salary was $71,000. And the, vac- the the maximum veteran salary is $113,000. So, obviously... There is going to be some stir-up about that. Um, Some WNBA players have came out and criticized some NBA contracts for some lesser-talented players. And, uh, yeah, that's the big news going on in the NBA right now because there isn't a whole lot of other news with it being the offseason.
0: Yeah, you got to fill with something that's great because, you know, historically, unfortunately, women have always been paid less than men. And it sucks. There's no reason for them to be paid less. But I think a lot of it, too – Nothing against the the WNBA at all. But how many people, I mean, how big are the, how big are the, where they play? How many people are, are they filling crowds?
1: That's the thing. And, and that's, this is a a great point I brought up is, is that, you know, the WNBA isn't making nearly as much as the NBA is. So can NBA owners give out millions and millions of dollars to their players? Uh, Yeah, they can, because they have that kind of money. The NBA brings in tons of revenue. They fill the seats. They have millions watching at home. And the WNBA barely fills the seats. Who knows how many are watching at home? That's just how it is. That's just facts.
0: That's, that's, that is absolutely
1: true. And, you know, with the lesser talented, lesser athlete, less athleticism over in the WNBA compared to the NBA, that's just how it is. People want the electricity. They want the dunks. They want the insane blocks. And then the yeah. WNBA doesn't bring that as much as the NBA does, and that is why they don't have as much revenue.
0: We're, we're here to see – everybody wants to see LeBron James. Everybody wants to see – Uh, You know, Golden State in the squad, you know, and LeBron's in in L.A. this year. I know this isn't football related, but WNBA lockout. What happens? No WNBA. I mean, how much if these if these if these women want bigger money, they should be getting it. If they bring it to a lockout, lockout, I don't know if they have a collective bargaining agreement or something like that. They call a lockout. I mean, is the NBA WNBA just done?
1: And that's the thing is you know at that point you're gonna see some WNBA owners uh, maybe fall into debt because they have to start forking out more money than they'd hope. You know everyone gets their fair share. If not, if it's not a fair share, you know you you get at least a certain portion of whatever you need to be paid. But you know if if it's more electrifying in the WNBA than it should then than it is right now, revenue start will start to increase and you will start being paid more. But where it is right now, you guys can't complain that you know we only see a couple of dunks a year. We don't see you know insanely fast athletes going out there three sixty, you know between like insane crossovers. That's just how, not how it is.
0: Yeah, is. You're not, not, not going to see that, and I can definitely understand the argument, but it's a big one. I think those I think those ladies deserve just as much as the men. There's there's not a doubt about it at all. But let's just let's just keep going. We're gonna go down the line. Woke up this morning and it's a Hawkeye State. It's a Hawkeye State. Again, four years in a row. We've beaten Iowa State. Yesterday was not like last year. Last year we came out, went into the overtime. It was a fucking shootout and Iowa won what I think 44, 41 And actually Iowa leads the all time series, I think. Forty three to 22, 40 to twenty, something like that. A lot I was watching the pregame on Fox. And it's funny when you watch. It's funny when you watch the Hawkeyes play, not on the Big Ten, because these guys have no idea who the Hawkeyes are. They have. They don't know where they're at. They don't know where they where they've come from. I get it. They're playing on. They're playing on Fox. Everybody's got Fox at home. Everybody's going to see it. East Coast, West Coast, wherever you've got Fox on your on your TV, you're going to see it. You're not going to see that on Big Ten. So these these guys on Fox, you know, they don't know who these teams are, and the announcers for this game. They didn't even know what the name of the trophy was. They didn't. They had no idea what they were even playing for.
1: It is a. It is an Iowa Iowa State rivalry. Everyone knows about it. No matter where you're from, we all know it's the Cy-Hawk Trophy. And these announcers that were hired to do play by play for this very game didn't know the didn't trophy know that they were fighting for. Yeah, no, for. they
0: didn't know shit. They and not only didn't.
1: that, right? Colin's right. They didn't. They didn't know jack shit. They
0: they had. They didn't know anybody. They didn't. It was. It was frustrating. I. I wish that I could have. Turn the game on, you know, just on mute. Everybody wants to watch games on mute because announcers suck. And these guys were terrible. I'm not saying I wanted Beth Mellons back. I mean, I would have gladly taken these two chumps over Beth Mellons, I guess. But still, it's it sucks when you get the Hawkeyes playing on different networks because they don't know. They don't know the Big Ten. They don't know, you know, they might know, you know, Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State. The big, you know, some of the bigger teams, I guess, but they're not going to know. They're not going to go Iowa. They're not going to know Minnesota. They're not going to go Indiana, Illinois. They're not going to know those guys. But on the Big Ten Network, I think that that's what you get. So, anyways, so anyways last year, Smith-Marset catches a touchdown pass to win the game in overtime. Total nail-biter. I couldn't I could I couldn't sit down. I was pacing. I was pacing right. so bad during that game. They come, in, they come in yesterday into Kinnick. I was nervous. You have to be. They've got... David Montgomery or Montgomery, the running back, who we know is good. They lose Alan Lazard, six foot eight, monster, Godzilla wide receiver. And they've got a quarterback who who's alright. He's familiar with that offense. I was still nervous, and I was nervous because of the linebacker core and are still almost kind of yet unproven secondary. We haven't played a team yet that's going to air it out, and I thought that Iowa State might have been that team. I don't – big, long – did they air it out too often?
1: Uh, they attempted a few times, but uh, there wasn't a whole lot of success um, either way with run and game the, or the pass game Run game State. or the
0: pass game, and, and, actually, and Hankins, who I think is a sophomore or a junior for Iowa, um, a corner, did great. I think he led him and uh, – I don't know, somebody else – Led the team in tackles. I think Hankins and somebody else had eight tackles.
1: Hankins was always there. We he came he, out of nowhere. He, Next he, thing you know, he
0: was making plays on the line. He was making plays. He's making plays in the secondary. In the secondary. But again, I think that going into that game, just like last week, and I, I get it. The defense was good, but was it going to be that good? How was the offensive line going to stay that good? You know, we were missing two starters last week, so they come in. The game starts. And out of of, the game starts, the announcers, you know, they kick it off, and I was got the ball on the twenty-five or whatever. And this is the fucking delay game. There was, I don't even think there was a play clock on on the TV.
1: I we were watching the TV, right? We are sitting down to watch this game, and out of nowhere, there's a delay of game. game, And
0: and, there was no scoreboard. Their Ferris was pissed. He was, I'm pretty sure he looked at the right, you can, and if you can read, you know, cuss words when you see cuss words. Like, right. I think, I'm pretty sure he said, this is fucking bullshit. And I think it was, I did not, I do not, I don't remember seeing the game clock on the bottom of the screen. Everybody was just as confused as everybody else. This is, I mean, even the people, the players and the coaches that were even there. So they start off first and 15, first and 20, they go three and out, they go three and out when they punt. Not good. Kind of starting off like last week. Iowa State gets the ball. They come down the field. They're in the red zone. Shit. Iowa State's gonna score. The Hawkeye's defense, they come together and they make a goal line stop. And that's what I know, and I did not I didn't see this, but Kristen Welch, who had eleven who had eleven tackles last week, uh he was not in this week. He did not play. So who comes in to take his spot? A red shirt freshman, Jamon Jimon. uh uh I don't know, Colbert gets his start at the weak side linebacker, plays a hell of a game. I think he had,
1: had five uh, total tackles.
0: Five total tackles, redshirt freshman. That's great. You got a redshirt freshman coming in against what I thought was going to be a very good running offense, a very good running Iowa State team. And you get a red shirt freshman comes in. And once again, linebackers do just fine. I guess the offense, if the, if the defense is going to play like that, the fucking Iowa offense can just ride the pine the rest of the season. If they want to win games like that, I get it, it sucks. But if they want to leave it up to the defense, that's great. I think it shows depth, which I think is something that the Iowa hasn't had uh, recently. And then they need some depth because the offense was uh, atrocious. And the Hawkeyes got luck. Iowa State shanked two punts.
1: Two, first, the very first two punts, the both shanked. The very first two
0: punts, both shanked. And I, I think the farthest one went, like 22 yards. The net was terrible. So you've got, after that first possession for the Hawks, they get, get two great possessions. And it was funny, we are sitting there, and, and our, my buddy Luke, he goes, I bet they go three and out and, and and miss the field goal. And they did. They went three and out, and fucking missed missed the field goal.
1: Wide right, just, yeah, or is, I think it was was it wide right, or was it? I think it was just left. It was like a thirty-two yard field goal. He's lined up on the left hash.
0: Was he? I don't know. He, he just missed. It. It. He just misses and, it. And Luca just—he was just talking about it. It sucks when you can predict that. And what was what, even actually worse? ISU ran Iowa State ran a three-four defense. Matt Campbell—they they run a three-four defense. So at the most, Iowa State's got seven guys in the box. Torn Young gets the first—the first point of the game, I believe, was a handoff to Torn Young who deserved that spot every Kelly Martin did not play last on yesterday. And I'm not sure an injury or something. I mean, he did, he didn't play. So you, you got Sharon down. You, people are sharing the runs between uh, Mecky. What's his name? Me-
1: Mecky or yeah, Me- Mecky and uh, Mecky Sergeant and Torn Young. Mecky
0: Sergeant and Torn Young. Torn Young's a three down back. And I get it. I know that the Hawkeyes, they're going to need someone to step in and and, and take a, and take a run every game, you know. So we, we want we want Torin Young into the whole game. So we're going to need some guys. But I think that a three-down back system, a three-back system for the Hawkeyes, you're losing consistency. You're going from a huge back to Torin Young, to an in-between guy who can get on the edges with Avery Kelly Martin, who can run the ball, a little smaller. And then you get to Mekki Sargent, who is five ten, 5'10", 205 pounds, with something like that. 5'10",
1: 210 I think uh, we had we had a um... And a Wes Welker in the in the backfield. Yeah, there.
0: Wes Welker, just a little old dude in the backfield. I think it's just, it's gonna be super hard to keep consistency when you're running three backs a game. Torn Young deserves eighty percent of that ball, eighty percent of the run plays every game. He is bigger. He's not as fast, but the dude can he can push people over. He he will he will he I I think he purposely doesn't find look for holes in the line. I think he he goes right for that linebacker, right. you know, right for that corner coming down on him and just pushes him out of the fucking way. Because that's he's an uphill runner.
1: Right. And what I like about Young is he doesn't like to go down. We always see him. He's a workhorse. He's always moving. He's constantly even when he for has the, three dudes. Touch. He always has three dudes on his back and he's still moving. Leg, and he, that's what separates him from Sargent is because Sargent gets an open field. He's like, oh I've never seen this before and he stops running. He's you know, he
0: made he had a huge hesitation he could have easily gotten way more yards and he stopped he had two defenders in front of him and i think that that i mean i get it. he played at western iowa Iowa western uh last year had a whole bunch of yards I, that's you know that's d3 or right d3 d3 football but you, you you've you've got to have something that makes yourself your own i mean you've got to be able to make some some foot some footwork some moves I mean, I'm not asking that. I'm not asking Sergeant to go out there and be fucking Ackerman because it's not going to happen. But maybe in time, he can get that. But we saw some hesitation from Sergeant this weekend for sure, and it didn't. And it, and it didn't help that man. He just he not He's not a real big north south runner, is he? And Ivory Color Martin wasn't last week either. I mean, they can run the ball to the to the outside east and west for a no guard, no yard or one yard gain. But the Hawks, they go at the start of the fourth, the Hawkeyes were three for 11 on third down. You cannot win games going three for 11 on third down. I don't think that I should I should have been keeping track. But I don't think that the Hawkeyes had anything below like a third and eight, third and seven, everything was third and seven, third and eight, third and nine, third and, you know,
1: right, right.
0: Third and longs. It's really hard to get the ball down the field. It's really hard to win these games when the third downs we we can't we can't com- we can't complete we can't complete on them and I think the Hawkeyes go six for seventeen on the day in third downs that's not good at all we we saw zero we saw zero football from the Hawkeyes until the fourth quarter right Nate Nate Stanley was I don't know if I don't know if he was hesitating if he was worried about getting hit Nathan Stanley looked a little different to me this weekend. He looked shaky. He looked shook. I thought he looked shook.
1: I feel like there's no one on the Iowa sidelines that sits there and really lights a fire under Nate Stanley's ass because he goes out there and does whatever he wants, and next thing you know, he doesn't know what he's doing because no one is there to help him, it seems like.
0: He he, he looked lost. He looked shook. And then they run a – was it – oh, my gosh. It was second and something, third and something. I think it was a third down, you know, it was a third down play. They run a QB draw. Uh, Nathan Stanley is not Mike Vick. Okay, he's not Tim Tebow. He's not a running quarterback. He he fell short of the he show he fell short of the game. He did. I don't understand the call, and I don't know if Brian was calling him. I don't know if Kirk was calling him. But the offense looked like shit. Nate Stanley couldn't throw. His short passes were almost all in the dirt. How many did we see fall? You know, I don't know if he was trying to squeeze it in there. If he was trying yeah. to, you know. He's trying to just wedge that ball, thread that needle, and get it in there. I'm not sure what the fuck he was doing. Not, not very good. And of course, we've got we've got these announcers who don't know anything. I think the best part about these announcers were when they they got into it about something. What were they talking about?
1: Uh, well, one was trying to explain. Um, maybe it was Stanley, and and you know, like uh, Colin said, throwing it straight to the ground on those short passes. And uh, what really Stanley the pressure he was going under, and uh, the other announcer, you know, oh, I understand, I understand. Uh, he was getting a little heated with him, and I nice. was the
0: tension was there. It was. And, <laughs> I think that was the best part of those two. Is they right, got, right? Know, I was expecting one of them to uh, not be there after the half
1: because the entire so, game, yeah. all we're hearing is a bunch of uh, just bull crap coming out of their mouths. They don't know what Iowa is. They don't know if it's a state. Uh, when they hear and, Iowa, they think Idaho. They yeah, don't know Idaho, what Ohio. About.
0: Idaho City. Yeah, I think. <laughs> The best, I think, my favorite quote from these announcers on Saturday was one of them goes. He goes, uh, "What is a tight end? Just, just a big wide receiver? What, uh, what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, you don't have a five foot ten, two hundred and fifteen pound kid playing tight end. You've got Noah Fant and TJ Hogginson, some big old dudes with long arms and long legs. Yeah, they're big receivers, like the."
1: And and he I genuinely,
0: couldn't make fun of, I couldn't help but make fun of these announcers. They were absolutely. He terrible. he
1: genuinely sounded confused. On you know he he thought about it. He was like, oh yeah, what actually is a tight end? And the other announcer didn't even answer him. Yeah, I think he, he just got there just as
0: much as an idiot yeah. as everybody else did. It was terrible. Uh, the announcers sucked. The refs, they were Big Twelve refs, and I don't have anything really against Big Twelve refs, but they were dumb, deaf, and blind, if you ask me. They had a short – there was a call there where it literally took, I think, almost 10 minutes for the head judge to determine the call on the play. And I don't remember if it was – I think it was a a fourth and one or a first down play. I don't know what it was.
1: There were multiple um, first down discussions on, you know, the refs had to step in and decide. And like Colin said, it took them almost 10 minutes on one. Uh, The guy fell short about – Two yards, and it was it was just clear as day. Um, you know, everyone at home saw it. You know, there's a yellow line on the TV that shows us where the well, first. down the, is. the
0: yellow line, it's not official. We get right. it, but it's pretty,
1: it's pretty close. And uh, he, you know, the guy falls a yard and a half short of the first down, and whoever it was, it out, Neiman, Neiman comes in and throws him back another yard, and Gets everyone at home throws him back, and, and everyone at home sitting there. And, and and knows you know exactly what's going on because you know we can see the yellow line. The refs are sitting there watching the replays, and and about ten minutes later, finally they decide that it was a first down when really the dude was about two and a half yards short. So yeah, I don't know what was going on. Uh, what took those, them so long? They were deaf and blind. They were discussing a a uh, a bribe maybe on the sidelines there. <laughs> to uh, I think I saw defense. I think I saw
0: a fan throw some money at him. Yeah, not 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 very good showing from the refs either. He, so the game was slow. This was a, the first half was the first three quarters were a very slow game. And those announcers, he, lit, he literally said, for those of you who watched at home, that basically there's, you know, Iowa fans, they get it. They know they're conservative. You know, the, Iowa's a conservative team. You know, they're going to wait. They're going to let them score. They're going to let them do their thing. You know, when they score, the Hawks score. Uh, no. I, there's, I don't know a single fucking Hawkeye fan that says that. Not me. I want to score. I want to score every fucking time we get the ball. I don't want to. I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait three quarters of football to to, to put points on the board. No. I want to be put. I want fifty points a game on the board. Right. There's not a single fan that's sitting there and goes, "Well, you know, what? Well, you know, when they get to the when they get to the end zone, you know, they'll get there. No big deal. Right. You know, we'll we'll, we'll catch up with them later when they do.
1: No. Iowa Hawkeye football fans are either on the edge of their seat, holding their breath or they're pacing the room because they have nothing else to do but sit there and watch field goal after field goal. Mm-hmm, you know, Piss as hell that the game is so goddamn slow. Checking,
0: checking Facebook for 20 minutes looking at the same stuff they looked at 20 minutes ago. There's not a single Hawkeye fan out there that is a big fan of conservative football. And, I, I mean, there I mean, probably are, but, I mean, really deep down, really deep down, do you just want to wait for them to get to the end zone when they get there? No. You, you want to see points on the board. We want to see – Iowa versus Ohio State from last year. Every single game. That's what I want to see. I want to see going forward on a fourth and seven. I want fake punts. I want fake field goals. I want, I want those plays. I want flea flickers. We, the Hawks were in flea flickers all the time. And actually when Jordan, I think I remember the most, the couple of most memorable ones was when Jordan Cotton played for the Hawks and he caught a couple of, I want to say a couple flea flickers, uh, for touchdowns. And if, I mean, Or, you know, if they were touchdowns, they were, you know, huge games. That's what I want to see. I want to see Iowa taking every team to the woodshed. They can do it. Their offense can do it. I know that they can. The defense can hold their own. They can hold their own against anybody in the nation right now. They are stout. For as young as they are, for as small as they may be, they can hold their own. I am ready to see that. I'm ready to see every team go to the fucking woodshed.
1: And we can do it. Stanley, obviously, like I said, he isn't afraid. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> He'll throw it sixty yards if he needs to. He's a big guy. He's got a big arm. If we have a flea flicker, you know, I hope that Sergeant isn't there to uh, <laughs> flea flicker it and then have to block because he is getting he's way smothered. Too small. I Think Torren Young definitely needs to be there, but I could definitely see Brian Ferentz um, putting it Sergeant on the flea flicker. <laughs> but uh, you know, then we have then we have who is it? Um, who's the who's the main receiver out there? Um, on the wide right, possibly, for the flea flicker, who would we probably put out? Oh, you would right?
0: probably put uh,
1: Marset. Marset out Marset. there. Now,
0: we talked and we talked about this before the show, we were, and we talked about it yesterday. Marset, I've got it. I, I wrote it down in my notes somewhere on here. Liability, and I don't mean that. And I get upset because he should be catching every ball. But last year, he got put into a role, a big role, and. You need to be ready for that, but I don't think last year he, wa- he was. And I think that that has carried over into this year. You know, missing some catches, you know, turning the run with the ball before you catch it. Those are all. That's all stuff you need to take care of in camp. That's all stuff that you need to take care of in practice. You you got to give 110 to give 120 on the game. 100 percent giving 100 percent isn't going to win you football games, especially when the SEC runs the table every year and makes it to the national championship. You have to give 120 in every game. If you want to stand a chance to make it to the BCS championship. I think he was put in a role last year too quickly. He should be, he should be in it now. He should be zoned in. He should be catching every ball to throw. that gets thrown at him again, not a liability, but I, yeah, to me, Marset still has some improving to do. He had, right. was it him or was it the other Smith guy? There's Smith
1: Marset and then there's something Smith. There's there's uh there, Marset had one reception. We had Brandon Smith with one reception. Brandon
0: Smith, there you go. Um, and
1: he got the big one. Uh, Marset had a 45 yard was it Marset reception. Smith had uh one reception went for 30 yards, but Hawkinson had six receptions leading the team, but 33 yards. And he led the team last year too. or not
0: last year, excuse me, last week. Fant was there. I don't know how many yards he Noah had. Noah
1: Fant four receptions, 31 yards.
0: Everybody knows, and Nick Easley was quiet. Nick Easley was there on that final drive, and I think actually the announcers actually mentioned that. And what well, I kind of got to thinking, you know, I hadn't seen him out here all game or either. And Nick Easley's a Wes Welker. Last year, he made some those quick slants over the over the middle of the field on on them third longs, third and third mediums to get those first downs. Nicky Nick Easley was there. And he I don't think he was there so much last week. I know he was. Um, at least for one pass today. I don't know how many. I don't know if he got the stats pulled up. I don't know yeah, he
1: only has he only had one reception for 15 yards. Yeah, and
0: that was a first down, and oh, that right. was for a first down, and right. we needed that because that was that 63 yard drive down the field when he when uh, Stanley popped it up to one of the Smith guys. Right. Somebody caught it, set it up, and and actually that's the only touchdown came from that was Sargent bounced out to the outside with his speed bounced out beat a couple defenders out there and scored it took a long time it took a long time to get there
1: and and I'll take a uh, one reception for 15 yard receiver because our quarterback has never passed for uh, 200 yards in his entire life he what, doesn't he know how what, to he didn't what about ohio state he didn't have he sure but i mean last year he
0: had to have more against ohio but,
1: state but uh, is he is he sniffing a 200 yard game no he's he's always around 150 um he can obviously like i said he can throw the deep ball but i'm we haven't we seen just, it yet. It's, we haven't seen consistency um, from our receivers, and the only consistency we've seen out of our quarterback is either thrown at the ground or overthrow our receivers, bad reads. He's not good.
0: Yeah, you know, I and <laughs> Iowa State goes, you know, talking about their offense, they go for rushing. They go 25 attempts for 19 yards. Um, I think I talked about how – did I talk about how the yardage we held them to? Um, the great Hawks defense on the day, they hold Iowa state to like 188, eight total yards, 66 alone in the second half, but the Hawks had 36 attempts rushing for 105 yards. Not good. So the offense, there's room to grow. Like I said, they can ride the pine all year if they want it. The defense is going to show. And how about fucking AJ Epinesa when he, and, and there's not And I love Parker Hesse. He, he's a three-time letter winner as a defensive end or tackle or whatever shift they're doing there. I love Parker Hesse outstanding football player, but AJ Panessa will push you down, throw you around, he will bury you. He the he had uh, five
1: total tackles. Four, five total two, tackles sacks. two
0: sacks, two tackles for loss. And he had a strip sack. That's two strip sacks in two weeks. He had one last week against Northern Illinois. He's got one this week against Iowa State. And if you can if they if there's game film that you can watch, watch AJ against the tackles and tight ends. He, he's, he, they don't stand, you can't block him. I don't think you can block A.J. He's, he's, he's in the backfield. The hockey's disrupted Iowa State all day yesterday. Great, because the offense, the offense didn't get off the bus from the Marriott, in my opinion. Uh, it was a tough game to watch. Kind of sucked. Uh, Mechie Sargent, Uh, they, they showed him without his helmet on.
1: The dude looks like 50 Cent. He he's a he's a very short Fifty Cent,
0: very short Curtis Jackson or whatever his name is. Right. Very short Fifty Cent, and then they showed something else. I think I don't know when it was. End of the game, they were showing uh, Ferrance and they were talking about Hayden Fry, and they showed Kirk Ference in the in the late '80s from the a side view. Looks like Ryan Reynolds. Look up 1980s Kirk Ferrance and he looks like Ryan Reynolds from the side. From the side. It was. We got a good laugh out of that. That was that was funny. Uh, that was funny. We're, we're still sick for football here. At the end of first, at the end of every first quarter for the Hawks game, they do the they do the Iowa wave. It started last year. That's going to continue into this year, and it'll be there for hopefully ever. It has become the biggest tradition in in college football. Whether you're watching on TV, whether you're watching it in the stadium, whether you're a fan or you're not a fan, if that doesn't make a skin tingle, maybe give you some goosebumps. Um, Make you really think about it. I don't think you're a fucking human because the kids that are up there every day um, to look down. You know, my, no matter how hard those kids have it, they get to look down every Saturday or every couple Saturdays and see seventy thousand people waving at them. Seventy thousand is about what is what is what Kinnick holds. Plus, you know, the visiting team, plus all the players, the officials, all the coaches. You have a lot of people that turn up at the, every every first quarter. And they play Pat Green's uh, Wave on Wave for these kids. And Kirk Ferentz has had a, his his biggest thing has been that Children's Hospital. The wave in college football is huge, and I think it I think it kind of talks about who Kirk Ferentz is and what I think he's going to leave behind. There's a big statue of Hayden Fry outside. You know, when the when the Hawks get off the bus, you know, they give it a tap on the leg and they get on the locker rooms. I think Kirk will get a statue. Something like that. I don't think that that's what he wants. I think that his he wants his legacy to be with that hospital, with the Children's Hospital, and I think it will be. You know, whether they name, whether they build another wing, and you know, name it the Kirk Ferentz Children's Hospital, something like that. I I could, or the Ferentz Family Hospital. I could totally see that because Kirk and his wife give every year to that, and it's it's just so big. And I saw something uh, on Facebook. Somebody, I think Hawkeye Heaven had shared it. Uh, a little girl and her and her dad uh, went to the game last year, the, or the game last week against Northern Illinois, and he talked about how he sat up with his daughter last year during the Hawkeye season and had all these fans wave, you know, to him and to her and the family. And they repaid, they 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 paid that back. They showed up to that game last week, and they waved to to the kids uh, in the top floor of the Children's Museum. That's huge. That's Big Ten. That's I mean, it's huge for the Big Ten. And it's huge for college football. The humanity that goes into that, it just it's just it make you feel so good. I get goosebumps talking about it. It's it's a feel good thing. And I think that if you don't feel that way, whether you're a Hawks fan or not, whether you're a football fan or not, um, you know, go see psychiatrist because I you got something messed up, man. That's uh, that's giving back. And I think that that's huge. And I think that um, the wave is under Kirk. Frankly, came under his tenure. You know, he'll go down, I'm sure, as the winningest coach in Hawkeye history, probably way after we were gone. But the Children's Hospital and Kirk Ferentz, I think, will go hand in hand. And when he leaves, I think that that'll be Kirk's. I think that's what he wants to be. Maybe not even remembered for it. But he will be. It'll be there. And that's why I love college football. You don't see that in the NFL. That You see that in college football. Right. And that, that's a huge statement. And right. I love the wave. It is awesome and i get it we're both hawks fans but it's huge for college football right i love it let's move on we're moving on we're, like i told you guys we had um some big original content coming and we we're gonna start our burning questions so every so i think well not every week because this is only the second week i got on facebook and i asked you guys to email the show your guys burning questions, what you wanted to know. And it, it, you know, they're both, they were both, I only got two. So thanks a lot, everybody. So let's pick it up next week. Can we, get, can we get some more people in this next week? Please. It's, it's, it's easy. It, it could be, it, it could be whatever you want. It doesn't even have to be football. It could be whatever you want. And I'm, I'm going to do my best to answer it. Mark's going to do his best to answer it for you. But we got two this week and I'm going to start with the first one that I received. Um, why is Nebraska and Iowa a rivalry? I think I don't know. I I get it. it's why I mean, it's it's the Midwest. Everybody in the Big Ten pretty much touches each other. I mean, you're I mean we're all you know minus Rutgers and Maryland. Everybody in the Big Ten is they're right next to each other. So I get that when Nebraska comes into the Big Ten in like 2011. Ranked both years. I think they beat the Iowa both years. They played them. They came in as a good Nebraska team. And I tried to do, I know Hy-Vee sponsors the Heroes Trophy, right? That's what it's called. Hero it's, Trophy. It the, sponsors the Hero Trophy. And I knew that not too long ago, Hy-Vee had moved its, it opened its business up into Nebraska. And I may be wrong. Maybe it's nowhere. Maybe they have had stores in Nebraska for 15 years and I didn't know about it. I thought I tried to do, I tried to do some research. I couldn't really find anything, but Nebraska joins the, the big 10 of 2011 Hyvie sponsors, the heroes trophy and through the red cross. And the red cross is actually looking for nominations for, uh, heroes. So maybe we had a tag old Colin Kaepernick and, uh, throw him in there for, you know, all the sacrificing he's done.
1: Right. He needs big, to sacrifice more. Big,
0: big sacrifice. Yeah. How about you sacrifice some more? Big sacrificing guy. Mr. Never probably ever play in the NFL again. Um, big PR son. I don't really care. I've, I've got my Nike jersey on. Mark's got his Nike jersey on. I don't care. do doesn't bother me none. If they want to pick Colin Kaepernick to be the spokesperson, whatever. But I, I couldn't really, I, I talked to a couple, I talked to a Nebraska fan uh, the other day. So what do you think about Iowa and Nebraska? Is it a, is it a, is they played as such a big rivalry. They play on black Friday. And he said, he said, honestly, I'd rather, I mean, he's a huge Cornhusker fan, but he said, honestly, he thought that Iowa and Iowa state is a much bigger rivalry than Nebraska. And I get it. Corn I 80, you know, Iowa cities right there, you know, goes through Lincoln and Omaha, you know, it's, but but, but how many trophy games are there? How many rivalry there's, trophy games are there in the Big 10?
1: In the Big, big 10 there's 22. There's 22.
0: And 15 of them
1: are conference. conference
0: and 7 of them are non-conference, which would include Nebraska and Iowa. I mean, geez, I mean, which was actually the same person asked me another burning question, you know, why why are they getting a trophy game, you know, two games into it? Or, you know, like yesterday, Cyclones we got a trophy right into it. But almost every team you have I mean Iowa has four alone, three conference trophy Rivalry games yep. and then one non-conference, yep. and the rest of the Big Ten is the same way. I couldn't really figure out why they were a big thing, other besides maybe corn and i eighty. But I mean, somebody's making money off of it, right? I mean, that's the big thing.
1: I feel like in sports, uh, if you're touching, if you're, you know, your cities, your towns, your or your uh, your states are touching. touching, I feel like you have it's just an automatic rivalry. Uh, it doesn't matter. You know, who's on the team? It's just it, the states are touching. It's an automatic rivalry. That's just how it's always been in sports. That's just how I've always seen it. I, that just might be me.
0: I get it. But I think the 2020 season or 2022, Nebraska won't play Iowa at the end of the season. They're going to be replacing Iowa-Nebraska with Iowa-Wisconsin. Iowa-Wisconsin, that's a fucking rivalry. You're talking about two teams that are almost equally matched every single year, they both – both teams put out – Right, they both put out offensive and defensive linemen in the NFL every year. Wisconsin is always a well-coached team, and I think that the Hawkeyes have lost to them two in a row now. And I've got another – there's another brand question that we'll get to as well. But Iowa-Wisconsin is a bigger rivalry to me. It's – watching – And if I was not in a championship game somewhere, if I was not – playing a big team in Wisconsin is that weekend. I'm a, I'm all root for Wisconsin over just about everybody except for Iowa. I want, I'd like to see Wisconsin win the big 10, you know, but I also want Iowa to beat Wisconsin week four. Right. Because I think, and we'll, I, we're, we'll, we're going to get to the sec, which brings us to our second burning question. Really? Uh, this is sent from my buddy guy. He's out in Germany. He sends, he he sends me an email and says longtime listener, Guy Meyer here. Been there from the start. But my question is, two years ago, I bred a friend of mine at $100 that the Big Ten team would win the national championship within three years. This is the third year, and I'm not feeling too confident in my bet anymore. Does any team in the Big Ten have a chance in hell at all at the national championship? And if so, which one? And then he kind of asked, you know, will the committee continue to push, you know, those second, third place SEC teams into the playoffs over a Big Ten champion? I hope not. Wisconsin played last year against Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship and lost, I think, by a touchdown. Hard-fought game, and Wisconsin brings back the best offensive line I think in the in the league this year. Of course, I want to see I want to see Wisconsin lose against Iowa because I'm an Iowa fan. But I also want Wisconsin to make the run. I want I want them to make a run at the at the national championship this year because I believe they can do it. They play Penn State in Happy Valley and that's really their only tough game for Wisconsin. I think that they can do it. I'd love to see Wisconsin do it. I think that the Wisconsin will make I think Wisconsin will make the national championship this year. I don't know why the fuck Washington was in there last year. That was a terrible mistake. UCF goes 12 and 0. UCF, a Scott Frost coach, UCF team who went 12 and 0 last year gets doesn't get into the bcs gets hosed they play auburn in a bowl game and they beat auburn that's enough for me that's enough for me to say that a team like like wisconsin a team like central florida can make the beat the the big the uh, bcs championship and i think they can do it i think that guy i'm going to tell you right now i think that wisconsin can run the table and i think wisconsin wins the big 10 championship because i fucking hate ohio state and I'm not a big big fan of what's going on right now, I guess, but Ohio State's always gonna be good. Talked about it last year. But that offensive front and Jonathan Taylor.
1: Jonathan you better, Taylor.
0: You better watch out, brother. That he's he's a Heisman front runner and we'll we'll get into our boys for that. But I think to answer your question, guy, I think that Wisconsin yeah. makes the big they win the Big Ten championship. They put up enough points, and I know that the, the committee committee's gonna look at who you beat that's ranked, and they're only going to see Penn State unless Iowa can move into the rankings this year. I don't this week. I don't think they, they put up enough points. I know they're very close to getting into the into the poll for the top twenty-five. Don't think they put up enough points to make it this this week, but next week they play you and I and they should blow them out of the water. Hopefully put 40, 45 points up in the offense shows. Wisconsin Wisconsin is a real deal. I'm I'm saying it right now. I think Wisconsin's a real deal. Yeah, I get Ohio State. They're always gonna be good. Michigan played a very bad Western Michigan team yesterday and whooped the shit out of them like 49 to nothing. Michigan State goes out west and plays Arizona State and loses, but the Big Ten, how bad is the Big Ten out west? They don't historically they do not do well. And it was what was the score? Thirteen,
1: sixteen. It was yeah, 16, 13 uh, Arizona State came away with that one.
0: I mean, is Penn, is is Michigan State real? I don't think so. I think you're going to see two teams out of the East, Big Ten East, come out, and it'll be it'll be Ohio State, and Penn State, and hopefully you'll see two teams out of the West come out, and it'll be Wisconsin, and I hope an Iowa team whose offense gets on the fucking bus and makes it to the game for the next ten games. But I think they do it. I think they do it. I hope so, because I'm getting sick of this Alabama fucking team making it to uh, the PCS every fucking year. Shit gets old. We're at big games. We got big games. We're talking about the big games. Everybody that was ranked pretty much wins. They won this week. Week two, especially in the SEC, is basically uh, you know go play. Polytechnic Georgia Christian University Community College <laughs> and get and get ready for league play you know that they, you know the, they build the confidence so all the big teams everybody wins from top to bottom except for Florida Florida loses to Kentucky and they haven't beat Kentucky for a long time they throw well, they throw he, so flor the Florida's going down the field and there's like 25 seconds left I'm not sure what was going on but Florida it was an incomplete what was thought to be an incomplete pass right the refs are standing there. Every Florida and half of Kentucky standing there. The Kentucky defensive end or D, D back picks up the ball and is kind of like jogging. Right? He's kind of like half. Right? He's like half faster. Uh What the fuck am I doing? Is it dead? Is it not dead?
1: They did not blow the whistle. The so camera gets- right. The camera pans over to the Kentucky head coach and he's waving. Yeah, at he's them. like, "Run, go, run, motherfucker, no run. run!" And with it. then all of a sudden, the announcers are saying, "Oh, the whistle hasn't blown yet." <laughs> and then the the camera pans over back to. The defensive end, the Kentucky defensive end that picked up the the so-called fumble. Um, and it's just him and then a Florida offensive lineman, maybe, receiver, whatever. Just those two guys wrestling on the goal line is what it looked like. <laughs> and uh, they called it a touchdown. And yeah, he, he looked time short. Runs out. Time, runs out.
0: time runs out. He looked short. They win. Florida was ranked 25. They're gone. So almost everybody blows out everybody. Um, Clemson. They hang on to Texas A and M in Texas A and M College Station. I don't know if I don't know if a lot of people know this, but on Friday nights, the student section—if you're going to the game, those college kids at College Station for Texas A and M—they go to the stadium on Fridays and they practice their chant. The student section at Texas A and M is huge, way way probably bigger than than anybody else in the FBS can give. And they practice their chants. That is an eleven man. College Station, I think, is a very hard place to win, regardless of how Texas A&M is this year. Clemson struggled. Does that say a little bit about Clemson? I think it does. Right. I don't. I don't even know anybody who plays on Clemson, but right now. <laughs> right. But I think that that says a little bit about Clemson.
1: I mean, they, they, just, they got they,
0: just, they they're they're a clear pick on ESPN. Clemson's going to make it. They're going to make the BCS. Right.
1: And they're really high on on their quarterback. They have a five star freshman. He's a freshman? Um, Kelly Bryant? Is that his name? I don't know. I don't know anything about Clemson. Um, nothing anyway, nothing about Clemson brings in this five-star uh, recruit at quarterback, and everyone's high on him. I'm sitting there watching him. He throws like Nate Stanley. He makes poor reads. And a- after he passes – Are you not a big
0: fan of Nate Stanley?
1: Um, you know, I, he's a worse Brock Osweiler is what he reminds oh, me of. Oh,
0: jeez. You're going to bring Brock into this? Yeah. He reminds this me of Brock Osweiler. Is he still in the league somewhere?
1: He – Backup for the Browns, maybe? I don't know. No, he just oh, got paid a big No, old... he just left the Browns no, he... last year to
0: go play... He got cut Park by Mountain. the
1: Broncos, I think, during the offseason. Or his third string for the Broncos. Anyway, the Broncos he got paid by the Texans, right? They trade him over to Cleveland. That's This is Brock Osweiler we're talking yeah, about. Yeah,
0: and then the trade Cleveland, over to Cleveland dumps him. And fucking Denver pays him, like... The league veteran is right. like 750 a year. Right. And he's still making $11 million from fucking Cleveland.
1: So anyway, back to Clemson. Um, <laughs> they bring in this five-star guy, right? And everyone's high on him. He reminds me of Nate Stanley, who reminds me of Brock Osweiler. So that should tell you a lot. Uh, <laughs> he terrible. just, uh, poor reads. His form is awful. He has hair down to his shoulders. So you know that he's not a man. And uh, he's he's in men's good college football. Good so good I think job. just looking at him with the long hair, he's already pissed me off. And next thing you know, he can't throw a <laughs> football. So why are you five-star if you can't throw a football? Um, high school to
0: college. Is he a freshman?
1: He he has to be because they I've seen multiple many many YouTube videos on it. He I'm pretty sure ninety nine percent sure he's a freshman.
0: Is he? That's too bad. You ever seen in the army now with Paulie Shore? I don't think so. <laughs> Suck on this up one time. You ever seen that? <laughs> uh-uh. You gotta watch it tonight. Find a way to watch it. Yeah, Clemson, not a real deal, not <laughs> a real deal in my opinion. What do you want to do? What do you want to do next? We got we got we got some, we got some good. We got the daily debate. We got daily debate. We got superstars. We got we got Holly Saunders.
1: Holly Saunders. Let's can we talk about her let's for let Let's talk some Holly uh, Saunders. I don't know
0: if you guys saw the. I'm on, shaking
1: in my seat right you, now.
0: I don't know if you guys saw the on field uh, reporter yesterday for Iowa Iowa State, but she was in. It probably took her an hour to get into that fucking denim. Uh, bib thing. They probably had to like drop her down from a crane. She had to jump from high to get to fit into that fucking. She was squeezing out of that. Huh? So, they do like a little halftime show. And she's kind of, you know, she's showing, I don't even know what to do. They're building a grain bin, and she's like, Oop, I'm over here. Oop, no, now I'm over here. Ooh, hey, and now I'm down here. After that first half, I probably could have just watched her run and jumping down on the field, and I would have had way more excitement than I did watching the first half of that fucking Hawks game. Uh,
1: what a I'm thinking I'm probably picking her over Nate Stanley, The <laughs> throw, first, throw first. The rest of the season. <laughs> I just want this to see her. You're pat terrible today um yeah she was hot. She, I, I, I mean i've never seen a, a denim overall onesie onesie was it was it re- i don't know if it was it looked
0: real denim but it could have been that right stuff. right i don't know
1: and it, it was just it was an iowa girl outfit that's what it was if if you're sexy i mean there's some some ladies out there that try and squeeze a little bit too much but uh she, yeah
0: she made that look so good. She's, she's i you know what i should have done i should have put on my albert my albert deluxe tux and i should have just went up there at halftime and took her to prom or something <laughs> like, hey baby she was good looking i know aaron andrews for fox in the nfl she's good looking good looking holly saunders came out of nowhere never holly seen saunders. her before hey, never yeah, heard listen to the show i'd love to have you you know come hang out and tell us about so i'll like sit I'm down sure and, that you know about
1: football i'll sit down and have a, a respectful conversation <laughs> with you uh, yeah, yeah, we can please, talk. We can talk please football. Sweat,
0: please wear a sweatshirt. Strictly a football,
1: please. Just strictly football. I'm not trying to go anywhere past that. Mm-hmm.
0: We're we're gonna stay at first base and talk about football.
1: <laughs> talk about Nate Stanley.
0: Talk about Nate Stanley. And then
1: going in, going into the locker room at halftime, we see her run up next to Kirk Ferentz, and I mean, Kirk Ferentz was far more than surprised to see her, and <laughs> he was the look on his face. He was hey, ecstatic. I'm
0: a happily married man with a community of people who hate who hate my. Uh, uh what do i do with my sidewalk did you hear about that uh. Uh-huh. yeah he the kirk ferris lives in a neighborhood where like it's i don't know the community you have to do all the you have to do everything that all everybody else does and he something about the grass or maybe some a rock garden but because he had a lawsuit on him they got dropped what are you doing final lawsuit against kirk ferris <laughs> the winningest coach in iowa hawkeye history what a bunch of bums about bu- and then did you hear about the house they're building in Iowa City that looks like Kinnick? Huh. Oh, the neighborhood's all up in arms. We got one Kinnick seated, we don't need another. It who cares? They say that it, it promotes partying.
1: It's like oh, listen, geez. we're not
0: people aren't gonna go party at a house that kind of looks like Kinnick. They're gonna go party at the real Kinnick.
1: And I'll tell you this right now, if Holly Sanders is at all those parties, Holly <laughs> Sanders at all those parties, then they wouldn't be so mad. Yeah. But, oh no, it's uh, okay.
0: You can hang out. They don't here. think
1: Holly's gonna be there, so they're a little butthurt about it.
0: <laughs> so I think I think we got all the I think we hit all the burning questions. Talked about Holly. We talked about the Um Daily Debate. Dun done. Let's get into it. Let's go, it. Judge Judy. Let's talk about it. <laughs> daily debate. We're gonna do one every week. This week will Nebraska ever be good again? You know, every, every Nebraska fan talks about the glory days because they don't really have anything after that. Uh, so they bring in Scott Frost. Last year, in 21 seasons, since Tom Osborne, who is the Nebraska's god,
1: is is Tom Osborne. Um, is he the cat? The, the cat dude? The head coach? That was, no, he was
0: there for a long time. This was a long okay, time ago. Okay, okay. You might be thinking, uh, Mike Riley. I think was the last coach. He left after three seasons. Right, right. Iowa's got a pretty good track record of beating Iowa or Nebraska at the end of the season and making their coaches get fired. So Nebraska brings in Scott Frost. I love Scott Frost. They lost. They lost to, to Colorado yesterday. Um, so kind of makes you think Colorado is not the best team. Um, so I'm not sure what happened, but Nebraska loses to Colorado yesterday. But you bring in Scott Frost. Here's a little bit about Scott Frost. Okay. He is the AP coach of the year in 2017. Where wins the Bear Bryant Award in 2017 for the like best overall coach. Okay. Paul Bear Bryant wins the award in 17. He's so that's just last year with, with UCF, brings him 12 and 0. The year before that, we're gonna kind of work backwards, I guess. Year before in 2016, Scott Frost takes UCF six and six. The year before that, before he steps in, they were 0-12. In three years, you bring a team from, well, in two years, they go 0-12, 6-6. Last year, he goes 12-0. He's in Florida, one of the biggest states where football recruits come from. You leave UCF to come play at Nebraska. It's his alma mater. He spent two years playing quarterback in Nebraska. Uh, They actually beat... Peyton Manning and helped Peyton Manning to having no championships in Tennessee. They beat him in '97. He starts his career at I serves under uh, uh, Kelly Chip Kelly, Oregon. While he's at Oregon, he's a finalist for the best assistant coach. His protege Marcus Mariota, who wins the Heisman, uh, he teaches under him. So why go to Nebraska? What, what do you, I mean, I get it. It's your alma mater. Why are you going to Nebraska after leading a Central Florida team to twelve and zero? You get, I get it. You get snubbed in the BCS playoffs. I, in my opinion, they should have been there. Who's in, who the fucks in charge here? What do you what? I don't know. I, I mean, I, Scott Frost, call me. He's hit me up on on Twitter at Loki Here. Tell me why you go to Nebraska. You leave. You leave. You leave Central Florida, a team that you've completely turned around. You didn't finish a game last week because of the storms or whatever, and you you go out to Colorado and you lose. I'm not sure.
1: This is my take. He realizes his greatness as a coach and he thinks that he can turn an, organize, an organization around. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I get that too. Right.
0: It's his alma mater. He's you've got to, everybody's got ties to their alma mater, you right. know. If they wanted me to go coach at Kirkwood Community College, then by God, I'll go coach the drinking team. Okay, I will. But I don't know. He's a good coach. He's a hell of a coach, though. He he brings 16. 16 members of the UCF football coaching staff to Nebraska. We're talking everybody from assistant coaches to D back coaches, running back coaches, tight end coaches, to uh, offensive field analysts, uh, librarians. He's, he brought 16 people with him from Central Florida. To Nebraska. They literally wiped out the entire front office of Nebraska. They have started over fresh. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're not as good. He talked. I think Scott Frost talked a lot of shit. Actually, I don't think he did. I think he said that in two or three years, they were going to be winning the Big Ten championship. Great. If you still got ties in Florida and you can bring up some of them four and five star recruits from Florida, do it. By all means. I don't think that Nebraska is going to be that good this year. I think that's going to take him to build. He's. I don't think that the, he's going to take a. You know, I don't know what Nebraska was last year. They think they've got a they've got a freshman quarterback this year.
1: Right. I don't think
0: he's going, he's not going to take him to the Big Ten championship. They're not going to win. They're not going to beat Nebraska, or they're, they're not going to beat Wisconsin. They're not going to fucking beat
1: Iowa. Right. Nebraska is still far from a legitimate team. Yeah,
0: I, three years. If Scott Frost stays and you know and keeps his coaching staff, his is, he's stacked, three years. Are they going to be able to compete in the West? I hope so. I'd like to see that. I mean, I don't have anything against uh, Nebraska, I guess, but I think that he can do it. But I don't think it'll be this year. Right. He's really got to turn that team around. They their winning percentage has gone down from like eight hundred, like point like eight hundred percent, you know, down to down to just five hundred for the season with you know Mike Riley who left last year. They go five hundred on the season, or in, in his career, I'm sorry, in three seasons at 19 and 19, where you bring in the coach of the year, the Bear Bryant of coach award guy to a crappy Nebraska team. I'd like to see him do it. it, it it's, good. it's good for the Big Ten. Scott Frost coming in, that's good for the Big Ten. I don't know if he'll do it. We'll
1: see. I mean, he did it with UCF. It's only fair to say that he could do it with Nebraska, in my opinion. I'd like uh, to turn just... my career
0: around like that go fucking L and 12. And <laughs>
1: single 12 and L. Let's right. do it.
0: Uh, turn it. Turn into our Saturday superstars. I think we've got some different guys for our superstars this week. I've got uh, offensively for our Saturday superstars this week, uh, Jonathan Taylor for Wisconsin. He goes 30, he, 33 carries for 253 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, it, that's his career high, and I think this is he's a junior or a senior this year. I think he might be a senior. And then for defense, I really couldn't find a clear-cut guy, and I wasn't going to watch YouTube and look at stats to find a guy on defense. But I just picked A.J. Epinesa. Uh, he's huge defensive end. He makes people look silly. He can get to the quarterback. He's got three sacks this year, or four. He got two sacks yesterday and a strip sack, and in my opinion, right maybe right next to Joey Bosa in Ohio State as the, the top two defensive ends in college football, if you're going to ask me. Right. Who do you got for your uh, other superstars?
1: So actually, for my offensive, I do have Jonathan Taylor as well, but I feel like um a lot of people are sleeping on Nate Stanley. I mean, no, sorry, not Nate Stanley. Oh, just, uh, no, Here's not Nate Stanley. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh a lot of people are sleeping on the Hawaii quarterback, Cole McDonald. Tell me um, about
0: tell me about Cole McDonald. He's
1: please. played three. He's, he's played three games now. He leads the nation in pass yards and pass touchdowns. Um the problem with lower D1 school quarterbacks or just any position, just lower D1 schools in general. The problem with that. And the 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 playoff committee um, kind of deciding, you know, if if those teams should be considered uh, higher up in the rankings, and whoever decides, <clears throat> you know, who should be the rankings for the Heisman uh, Heisman winners, whatever. Um, you know that the deal is he plays for Hawaii, so he's not going to be highly the, the, ranked. The,
0: the the committee and the BC, right? Not it's not happening it. for they're him. A
1: lot right. of people are sleeping on him. I've looked at the top ten Heisman. Um, the, you know, I've looked at the top ten Heisman race. Whatever, uh, he's not in there. And like he's I said, he, no,
0: he's leading. It. He leads the and he leads in, the
1: nation in, in pass yards, yards, yards and pass touchdowns.
0: And, <clears throat> and his wide receiver on the team is leading the nation in and
1: pass in, or in receiving yards, in receiving yards and yards and, right? and I think receiving touchdowns as well. Uh, but that's the thing. He again, he plays for Hawaii, lower D one school, not really talked about a whole lot. Uh, their schedule strength is awful. They play Navy, Army. Uh, they just got done um, destroying Rice. And you know, just it just he's is. got
0: twelve hundred yards on the season,
1: three games in. Three games, twelve.
0: Well, it's like one thousand one hundred sixty-five, but right. We're we're, we're going to call it twelve.
1: Um. But so yeah, for offense, like I said, I have um, I have my guy Jonathan Taylor. I love running backs. I like what he's doing over in Wisconsin. Um, if I remember right, Melvin Gordon was he a Wisconsin guy? Or oh is, yeah, he was a Wisconsin. Right, they right.
0: Put, they put out constant
1: right. running backs into the NFL. so. I love what they got going there with the running backs. Um, running backs are always higher up in the in the Heisman ladder, no matter you know where they play, because a running back, it, it we see They're a lot of
0: like sixty percent of the hit, right of the we
1: we see a lot of uh, you know they have to worry about the offensive line holding up for them and getting through there.
0: They are some redneck, bass ackwards folks in Florida. So we got we're gonna do we're gonna do a section every week called a Florida man or woman or whatever it doesn't have to be a man. But basically, we're just going to get on Google, type in a Florida man, and hit search, and let Google do the rest. So my first one, Florida's off the chain. Listen to this: uh, a Florida man last week is charged with battery. Okay, is charged with battery after giving his girlfriend a wet willy. Okay, if my girlfriend tried to charge me with battery every time I gave her a wet willy, I probably put it, I'd be in prison for the rest of my life. That is, that is. Ridiculous. She, so the girlfriend tells the cops that he would had too much to drink and was acting belligerently. Well, I mean, yeah, that's what happens when you get drunk. You act a little. You act a little goofy. Who doesn't? You know. Why are they? Why were they even together? If she was getting this, the wet willy thing was definitely the not the tip of the iceberg. You know what I mean? Right. There was some underlying. They probably should not have been together if you're going to charge your boyfriend. Get him charged with battery for giving me a fucking wet willy. Get out of my life. What do you got?
1: So this week, a Florida couple, uh, by the names of Mackenzie Dobbs and William Parrish Jr., are accused mm, of selling of, <laughs> of selling fentanyl to customers from the kitchen window of their mobile home. Mm. Essentially, they had a drive-through McDonald's. McDonald's. McDonald's.
0: They they made a drive-through, right? Right. They right. They made a drive-through to sell drugs.
1: Police say. They found prepackaged foil bindles of fentanyl and a digital scale on the counter, along with more fentanyl and cash in the cabinets. Uh, in all, the police recovered more than $5,000 in cash. The report says multiple adults and children mm. were also on the property. Mm. Detectives were also investigating whether the location was connected to two recent overdoses. Oh, um, really?
0: Fentanyl's terrible, dude. It'll kill you. You can touch it and get an OD and die. That's how bad fentanyl is. It's a fucking horse tranquilizer. Fent, Fenton, Don, Fenton, Donalds Fenton Donalds, Fenton Donalds, welcome to, welcome to Florida.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, police also said Parrish was charged with resisting arrest because he struggled and cursed officers when they detained him. Uh, once the couple were taken to jail, <laughs> officers said they found a bag of fentanyl on the ground outside of the jail. Police said they heard Dobbs uh, tell a subject, quote, the dope that was in my vagina fell out. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I thought I thought I put it in there when I heard the cops come. And, end quote, that's that's uh, all the article wrote. Um I say I'd say, go. I'd say my go. I got three words for these guys, high quality entrepreneurs. All they were trying to do was make a quick buck.
0: They're just trying to be, they, they were you know, you got in the drug game, you got to you got to have your own way. It's got to be I don't know, drugs. I watch I like I to watch a lot of drugs Inc. But if you're gonna make it your own, you gotta you gotta make it your own. And by God, they sure did. I wonder if they had anything else in their drive-through.
1: You maybe know, some yeah, burgers.
0: Maybe some burger. Maybe some coffee or something. I mean, you probably don't need any more pick-me-ups after doing fentanyl. I I bet I don't know if it's an up or a downer. Good show. You got anything else?
1: That's that's all I got. What's I all mean, you got? I. I just I wanted to bring awareness to Cole McDonald. Speaking of McDonalds, Cole McDonald, the Hawaii quarterback we were talking about earlier. Man, we know you like him. We I love him. I wish he was Iowa's quarterback. I wish Nate Stanley would. You know I don't have a problem with Nate. Let me say this before. Yeah,
0: you really need to clarify this. I, I don't. I'm, there's some angry people.
1: Have a problem right, with no Nate problem. Stanley? I loved Brock Osweiler when he was in his prime for Denver, right? I don't have a problem with Nate Stanley. I have a problem. Mm, I have a problem with us. I
0: fucking hated Brock Osweiler. I don't. I, he beat the Patriots once. And I just. Whatever. I
1: don't like how Nate Stanley doesn't have that help. I feel like he's you out there he left out. on left, you know, to survive by himself. Well, he did it
0: last year. I mean, he did all right. I guess 16
1: completions for 166 yards, no touchdowns, hey, no interceptions. Is that. Is that, that out.
0: is that three two two games?
1: That was this last game. 166 oh. yards. It just looks like he's nervous. He's he's shaky, and no one's there to really calm him down. And say, hey, this is what you can we do. We gonna go
0: out there and fucking swaddle him next week against you and I.
1: He better not be nervous against you and I. I think AJ might be scaring him in practice. I think that might be the deal. He just keeps on thinking about that. Sack he in practice. he should be. He yeah. should
0: be scared. He's that's why he wants needs to be making them throws. I don't. I think there was one play last week where I think if he just stayed in the pocket, I think he let go of the ball too early because he was gonna get hit. You know. Yeah. Stay in there and get hit. Make that throw. He's a big guy. He can take it. If Colin Kaepernick can make a sacrifice, so can you,
1: Nate Stanley. And another thing is the college football playoff. Hey, it's only four teams. Maybe we make it eight.
0: Who's in charge of that? I want to talk to him. Maybe we'll make it eight. At Looky here on Twitter. Please get at me because we need eight games. One, we need more football because I hate to say it, but football's only like 10 more weeks long. Sorry. I hate to tell you. I hate to burst your bubble. We, I want, I think there's a lot of people that won eight games, that won eight teams in the in the playoffs. Right, I think at it least really opens it up. I just just oh. as long as it's not seven SEC teams and then right. Ohio state. Right. You know. It
1: it gives more opportunity, you know, UCF possibly would have had a shot last year. They should have had a shot there. anyway. Right. I mean,
0: which Washington should not have been in the BCS right playoff picture last year at all. They should not have. They lost against Auburn. They played some shithole team yesterday and they won, obviously. But I don't know I don't I think it needs, it needs to be moved to eight games. I think it's hard to, to pick four teams, especially when ESPN and everybody else has such a hard on for Alabama and and the SEC and I like Georgia. I do like I, like I said last week I got Georgia winning the SEC championship and they'll be in the BCS as long as they don't um, you know choke or something bad and you know fromm gets hurt or something. I think they need to move to eight games'd
1: right? be that would be ideal. That would be ideal for ninety nine percent of college football fans. So,
0: guy, I guess that so, guy, for your your burning question, well, I mean, obviously, it was within three years, which would be this year, and I think Wisconsin is the real deal. But I think after that, they move they move the playoff picture to eight teams. I think yeah, it'll probably complicate teams, complicate things a little more. But I think you're going to see some clear cut teams that make it. You go, I mean, four teams, and you're like, ah, oh, that's not a lot. I mean, there's 130 FBS schools, Division One, I, I think. 100, Something. 130, I believe. And only four of them are making it to the BCS. Right. And UCF gets, you know, put on the back burner last year when they definitely they dropped. had to make
1: their own rings. All right. They
0: did, but they, there were some badass rings. And you can look them up. They're sweet. I think you move this to eight teams and you get you get a hell, you definitely get a Big Ten teams.
1: You get more competition.
0: Way more. You get thing, more
1: excitement. And they, More mean, football.
0: More revenue. I think the teams, all right. the games should be played at neutral sites. Right. Um, I like that. I like eight teams. Okay. And
1: and they've they've come out and said you know they're considering it. They're just testing it out right now. It's kind of just testing the water. They're gonna they're gonna upgrade it here soon. They knew when they
0: picked four that they, they yeah they,
1: they knew they,
0: they should I mean I I don't know what they thought was gonna be bad, but I think they should have picked they should have picked eight. But I think in three years, I think three by. By three years, I think that they'll have eight teams. Three years from now, twenty, twenty-one, right? Yeah, right. They'll have right. They'll have eight teams. Three
1: years, they. I could definitely see an eight-team playoff. Yeah,
0: and that's more football, and I love football. I want more of it. I want more football, and I want more Holly Saunders.
1: More Holly Saunders. More Holly Saunders. Hashtag more Holly Saunders.
0: Hashtag more Holly Saunders. But that's it, kids. I hope. I definitely hope we exceeded your expectations uh, today. We tried to work on an outro for you, and we couldn't get it. I was gonna play, I was gonna play "The Legend" by Jerry Reed for the man, the myth, the mustache, Burt Reynolds. Rest in peace. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for joining in.